You're listening to Your Highest Self Podcast, episode 57. This week, I'm sitting down with Lucas Root and talking about triple goddess and connecting to Mother Earth. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for taking the time to invest in your mind and doing it with me today. So this week on the podcast, we have a special guest. His name is Lucas. He is one of my very good friends uh, that I've met this year through the mastermind that we're part of, which is Thought Leader Collective. So Lucas, I'm just going to give you his professional bio real quick. Um, It's quite impressive. He worked on Wall Street for 20 years, and then he went into consulting, and he's worked for very large organizations and brands like Pokemon, Wells Fargo, AIG, and Bird. And he's a powerhouse when it comes to strategy for entrepreneurs and businesses and helping businesses grow and scale. And basically, he helps them make lots of money. (laughs) Um, His professional bio is kind of a stark contrast to what we're going to talk about today, but it's actually not a contrast. I think it's a beautiful duality um, to what we're going to talk about today. So Lucas, I invited him on the show because he told me about this uh, download that he got of the triple goddess and how as women, we naturally have this intuitive ability to connect with source and to connect with our divine feminine. And we have these different goddesses within us. And when he told me this, I was like, okay, we got to talk more about it. And he actually, you know, um, explained it to the whole mastermind. And it really got my wheels turning. And I was like, wow, like, this is really good. This is actually this spiritual journey that I've been on, the more that I learn about divine feminine and feminine energy and and learning on how to balance these, the more happy and successful I've gotten. So today we talk a lot. If you look down at the timestamp, the show is really long. So hopefully you have a nice long car ride or you're out in the forest on a hike. We talk a lot about the forest um, today, so it's perfect. Um, or you just, you know, have me in your ear wherever you are, um, tune in today. And we are going to talk about Lucas's own journey with how he cultivated his connection to source and mother earth, how you can cultivate your own connection, how you can invest in that relationship. What does the triple goddess mean and how can we utilize that awareness and bring it into our life to not only accelerate our personal growth, but to bring more happiness Uh, and fulfillment to ourselves. And am I missing anything else? Um, Oh, and then how to use the wise woman wisdom to raise the conscious collective. So as women, this is our superpower. And so I just want you to really have an open mind as you listen to the show today. And if you are new to spirituality, if you're new to energy work, you might have noticed that the last couple episodes I've been sort of like carrying you up for it. Um, it's okay. And if this episode doesn't resonate, you know, what, if something resonates, take it. And if something doesn't resonate, let it go. Um, but if you are interested in cultivating your connection to source, your connection to Mother Earth, and learning how to tap into this deep internal wisdom that we have send me a message. I have um, someone to connect you with and I actually might bring her onto the show. Um, Or if you just want to talk, just want to chat, DM me. I know this is woo-woo. I know this is out there, but you are listening to the show called Your Highest Self. And oddly enough, as I dive deeper into my own entrepreneurial journey, um, into my own spiritual journey, I'm finding that entrepreneurship is a spiritual journey. And the 
more I uncover more about myself, the deeper connection I cultivate to source, the um, more successful I've become in my own business. So if you're a coach and you're like, how does this have anything to do with that? Or if you're just a uh, mom, a regular person, you're like, how is this actually going to benefit me? I think you will find that it benefits you um, in, a, in a myriad of different ways because we're all unique individuals and I, I know you'll get a nugget from something. So anyhow, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Um, before I get into the, um, the meat of the episode, I just want to take a moment to invite you into Mindset Makeover Membership which is my monthly coaching community where we take everything you learn on the podcast. Yes, that is including connecting to your divine feminine and balancing your masculine and feminine energies. We put it into action and you can do so with the support and love of women who are also on their journey to their highest selves. And we do that by focusing on our mind, our body, and our heart. So this is very much a heart pillar episode. That's it from me. I hope you guys have an amazing rest of your week. I'll see you next week, same time, same place. And uh, I shouldn't be doing my outro to the episode. <laughs> Let's get into it, you guys. I hope you enjoy this episode with Lucas. Hey, Lucas. Welcome to the Your Highest Self podcast. We are super excited to have you here today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm stoked. As you guys heard in the intro, um, Lucas is one, I can actually say you're a good friend now. Um, we're in the same mastermind and we've been connecting outside of it and, and talking about everything from cats <laughs> to trees. Um, so I'm really excited to bring him here today and share you with him because um, although he is a consultant and a strategist beneath this kind of business brain of yours lies something so much deeper, um, so much wisdom about spirituality and the divine feminine, which we're going to dive into today. But before we get started, Lucas, can you, you don't know, I'm going to ask you this question. It just kind of came to mind, but um, where, when did this start to happen for you when you started to get interested and sort of involved in spirituality and learning more about the divine feminine? That's an awesome question. There you are going with the flow. I love it. Um, I've had an off and on relationship, not in a negative way, but um, an off and on relationship with spirituality in general and, and the way in which the divine feminine has been speaking to me and expressing through me. Um, I, uh, I first started to really deeply connect with nature. I, I grew up in Northern Vermont, like Many people who grow up in the woods like I did think that they connect with nature, but I, I didn't until a point. Mm -hmm. um, I was 12 years old, uh, and the, the summer of, of being 12 years old, that summer I didn't actually have any summer plans. Like there was no summer camp. Um, I, you know, I wasn't playing any summer sports. From, from that point on, I actually did play summer sports, but that particular summer, um, there was nothing scheduled. And so I, you know, I turned to my parents and I was like, what do I do? And dad was like, go get lost. And not in a mean way. Like my, my dad, my relationship with my dad is wonderful. And it always has been. It, he, he literally was like, go get lost, like go in the woods and find yourself. You know, he didn't use those words. He was saying find yourself, but, um, that, that's what he meant. So it's this summer I was 12 years old. I went, I, I literally, I went out in the woods, I went and got lost and I would be out there for days. And you know, Northern Vermont is, 
is wonderful for a couple of reasons. Um, there are no hidden threats. Uh, everything in Vermont is overt as opposed to covert. Everything is overt. So any threats, any damage, any, any danger, anything that you have to engage with from um, a, a damage to yourself perspective, there's no surprises, right? There's wolves, there's bears. You don't have to worry about spiders. You don't have to worry about snakes. Like um, it's, it's very cool. I, I, we were far enough north where we didn't have to worry about poison ivy. Like even, yeah, even the green nature there, it's 100% overt. There's nothing covert there at all. Like there's nothing you have to worry about. Yeah. Um, there are things you have to deal with and react and you have to have plans in place. Like if, if I stumble across a bear or if a bear stumbles across me, like I got to be prepared for that. But I don't have to be worried about it because we're both um, relatively giant animals and we'll deal with the fact that we're sharing the same space. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, there's no, you know, there's no like, don't wander off the brush in Southern California where we both live now. Otherwise you might actually get bit by a snake <laughs> that you didn't see, that you couldn't see. Yeah. Or like a mountain lion. Yeah. Or, or a mountain lion. Yeah. <laughs> so in, in Northern Vermont, that's not an, like certainly bears and wolves and falling off a, a cliff into a ravine like those are legitimate concerns but they're concerns that you can see coming mm. and so for a 12 year old boy um and uh, by the way as a 12 year old boy i weighed 180 pounds like i wasn't a little 12 year old boy <laughs> <laughs> so for a 12 year old boy um the concerns that you have to have are concerns that a 12 year old boy understands and so I could go get lost in the woods with my pocket knife uh, for two or three days with relatively little um, significant threat, with relatively little significant concern. My parents could trust that I could go do that and come back when I was hungry and needed a shower and wanted to sleep a good night in my bed. And it, it wasn't something that any of us needed to be worried about. Oh my I God, spent wow. My entire summer, my 12 years old, my entire summer, so two and a half months you know, coming home twice a week, more or less, um, in the woods. Did you have a sleeping bag or like a tent or did you literally just sleep out in the woods? I truly roughed it. I didn't oh. bring food. I, what, I ate what I could find and I'd come home if I was hungry. Oh my God. That's amazing. That is so cool. Um, what did you experience when you were out there? I had a deeply spiritual experience and it's one that I don't talk about very often. My wife is aware. Um, some of my closest friends, and now you are aware, uh, but I, it was a deeply spiritual experience. My, my connection with nature um, far surpassed anything that I've even heard about from other people. Until uh, just recently, people are starting to more and more share stories like this, but um, among my friends, among people that I was familiar with, even as my uh, circle of influence grew in my teens and 20s, uh, again, until just recently, this this was an experience that I haven't heard other people have. Mm. Um, it, yeah, it was very deeply spiritual. Um, the earth, Gaia, um, she spoke to me and spoke through me and, and it helped me to, to find my way. Got it. Got it. I love that. That's so beautiful. Um, so when you say that Mother Earth spoke to you and helped you guide your way and find your way, does she still speak to you now? Do you um, have any rituals in place that help you stay connected to the Divine Feminine? Yeah, I do now. Um, but let's talk about between then and now, because I said I had an off and on relationship. <laughs> yeah, okay, go into it. 
So coming out of that, I sort of moved into young adulthood in the modern perspective. So um, it's funny that I was 12 uh, and I didn't, I didn't choose that age, that age chose me. But if you look at um, the, the little bit of adulthood rituals that exist in modern writing, um, most of the, uh, uh, most of the well-adjusted societies that were outside of civilization, right? Western civilization, European expansionism civilization, um, included an adulthood, an adulthood ritual that looks kind of like mine. And it typically happened at year age 12, 13, maybe 14. Oh, wow. I've heard of this. Yes. Especially, I think, of the Native American tribes. That was their rite of passage, was to go out and be by themselves. Be by themselves. And, and again, survive. This was not something that my family and I chose. It was something that chose us. Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't plan for this. It, 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 I mean, my parents, like, I was one of four kids. My parents typically planned our summers very carefully. This just happened this way. Mm, divine timing. It was meant to. It was meant to. It was meant to. Um, so I came out of that and sort of moved into young adulthood and um, embodied the expression of what it means to be a teenage boy, for better or worse. And there are some better and there is some worse. And, you know, we can talk about stories about that. Like I have, um, I have memories of my teenage interactions with women that um, I prefer somebody had had a stronger hand and helped me not go through that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, but, but I've learned and that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I came into my young, my young twenties, uh, and I felt called to do this again. Um, and so, uh, I actually took two different summers again, full summers while I was in college. And I spent the entire summer, two summers while I was in college out in the woods. Um, I, I just felt called. I actually didn't even understand understand why I felt called to do that. So one of those summers, I hiked a, a significant portion of the Appalachian Trail, which anybody on the East Coast knows exactly what that is. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I did about a thousand miles of the Appalachian Trail, including uh, the entire length of the Long Trail, which is the trail that runs the length of Vermont. Um, and I did parts of that with my brother and parts of that with the family dog uh, and parts of that completely alone. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, I, I set up an excursion through my um, my college uh, outdoors club, mm -hmm. um, and I went and did two weeks with new incoming freshmen um, in bear country. Like we actually, our camp got ransacked by bears while we were out hiking one day, and we spent the last three days without any food. <laughs> I love that you bring that up. That like you were called to because. When I was going through my spiritual awakening in 2017, 2018, I routinely felt called to go out into nature. And my massage therapist, who also is does uh, body work to release trauma, um, mm -hmm. you know, when I was getting massages and it was right after my last competition and I was really... Um, we'll talk about this in this episode, but um, moving through kind of different, like a transitional phase in my life, going from being super strict and um, just very competitive and being this competitive nature to to learning how to live outside of that and to move into a different state of like my womanhood or, or you know, just me as a person. Um, she was like, she actually told me, she was like, oh, I go out into Mammoth for three or four days by myself. 
and I'm out in nature. And when she told me that, I was like, oh my God, I feel so called to do that. I feel so called to be by myself and go and do my own thing. Um, and I never, I never did, um, except for I went to Australia. That was not very, I mean, it's naturey a bit, but it's a lot different from, you know, roughing it out in the woods. But she, she told me about this and I'm, I'm so happy that we're talking about it because it's always, it always has been something that I've been wanting to do. Um, of course, as like a female, it's, and I don't ever camp. I mean, I've gone backpacking with like my ex, so I'm not really sure if I'll be able to <laughs> survive out in the wilderness by myself. But I think that's why <laughs> going to Ruby's activation retreat last year was so healing for me again because it was out in the middle of nowhere we were in the woods it's like this whole different feeling that you get when you're out in nature um so yeah mother gaia definitely i think for those of us who feel called to have like a spiritual awakening or feel very like connected to intuition spirit ancestors like you probably resonate with this too where you're like oh my god that's why i've been wanting to go out camp and hike and do all that kind of stuff yeah a hundred percent agree so this time in college, this was a reconnection because I'd sort of left that. I still lived in Vermont, but I'd sort of left that connection behind and dove into being a modern adolescent. Mm -hmm. And so this, through this reconnection, I started realizing that, um, that, that Gaia has been speaking to me all along. Um, and she didn't stop speaking. I stopped listening. Gotcha. Um, and let's be fair you know, be fair to, to young me, like 12 year old boys are not well known for how well they listen. <laughs> like, um, so, so I accept that in myself and, you know, moving forward from that point, I accept that being a modern adolescent, it wasn't about me choosing to ignore her. It was about me going the path that I needed to go. Mm -hmm. um, and that, and then I got to reconnect. I got to reconnect in college and, um, I, I spent four years of college, again, way upstate New York, out in the middle of nowhere. Like the, the town that my college was in is as small as the town I grew up in in Vermont. Um, but but that time I was much more connected to nature. I, I hung out with people that were connected to nature. Like I, I was in the outdoors club and that was an important part of how I, uh, you know, socialized while I was there. And I spent four years um, building that connection deeper within me. And then again, I disconnected, not intentionally, but, you know, I moved to New York City and I spent 17 years on Wall Street. And um, there's not a whole lot of nature there. No. <laughs> even, even if you want there to be, there's not a whole lot of nature there. But, but this time I didn't forget. Oh. I didn't forget. Now, Gaia keeps trying to talk to you. And it's a little bit more challenging when you're surrounded by the hustle and bustle of the city. And, and maybe you don't put your bare feet on the grass ever because you, like, the city is icky. Why would I want to put my bare feet on that ground? Mm -hmm. It becomes a challenge to continue to be in open communication with her, but she doesn't stop trying. Mm. And that led me forward. That allowed me to continue to express myself um, in partnership with her and to continue to build that relationship. And part of what made that relationship valuable and strong to me is because I had to work so hard to maintain that connection. And I've learned so much just through my, my side of that relationship. Um, I, I now talk to my friends, my family, 
in terms of like, I got a, I've got a very good friend in the Philippines. I'm, I'm on the phone with him probably twice a week. Um, he has a challenge uh, connecting with his wife. And so I talked to him about building the relationship from his side. It's not that they're, you know, it's not that they're not attracted to each other. It's not that they don't love each other. It's that we humans today um, are not taught how to have a relationship at all. Mm-hmm. Not taught. Neither was I. Um, it was my experience with Gaia, with, with maintaining that connection to earth, um, with doing the work, my own work. Um, and you can call it inner work, but it wasn't really inner work. It was my work to maintain the relationship that allowed me to even understand how much um, we don't get taught in terms of building a relationship and maintaining that relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that you brought that up because funny enough with my clients we talk a lot about communication and and that is something that a lot of people struggle with is communicating with their husbands or with their wives or um speaking their their truth authentically to the people that they love and as you and i both know is conscious leadership what we can not do at home that also shows up in our business So if you are unable to communicate with your husband or your wife, or even communicate with yourself and be vulnerable with yourself and, and disconnect from any false stories or ego beliefs, then you're going to have a hard time showing up for yourself authentically, either online or at work. Um, So I love that, that, that sort of connection there. Um, I'd love to go into that then. So you said that developing that connection with Gaia that work that it took on your part, that is what has set the tone for now your future relationships and how you communicate. Um, Can you go into like, what were some of the things? Was it rituals? Was it um, habits? Um, I don't know if you can put a word on it, but how did you maintain and nurture that connection? Yeah, Um, yeah, that's exciting. (laughs) Uh, Yes, I do rituals, I have habits. in the productivity space, one in which you are relatively well-versed and relatively deep, um, we know that there's no such thing as willpower. Mm, yep. It's a battery. <laughs> right. It's a battery. Yeah. It will absolutely run out. And so uh, anything that's important to you to be consistent, you have to build a routine and a habit into the consistency of that thing. Mm-hmm. And that's true of our relationship with ourself. That's true of our relationship with the deities with whom we communicate. That's true of our relationship with our wife, society, our friends, our family. You must have a routine. Otherwise, you won't be able to continue to be effective in that relationship. Mm-hmm. Now, it's, it's ironic. My first real relationship was actually with Gaia herself before even my relationship with me. It was in building and maintaining that relationship with her that I started to discover that I need to have a relationship with me. Gotcha. Gotcha. Great. So um, routine number one. Um, The first thing that I started to do when I realized I need to maintain connection with her is I started to look for opportunities to be in physical contact. Now, that's not the only time we can speak with her. She'll speak with you when you're not in physical contact. But... Um, the act of me moving myself to be in physical contact, right? 
um, I'm, I'm paying a price to maintain that relationship. It's a small price. Movement isn't an expensive thing to do, but I'm paying a price. I'm choosing to not be on my couch. I'm choosing to not be playing a video game or watching a TV show. I'm choosing to go outside and put my bare feet on bare ground. And that's a price, especially in modern world. Like you have to actually, you have to actually disconnect. Mm-hmm from your electronics, from the thing you're plugged into, mm-hmm. in order to be connected with her, mm-hmm. at least in that way. So that was number one. Um, it's very challenging to do that when you have 12 hour work days and you commute on either end of those 12 hours. So my first rule to myself was I'm gonna do it both Saturday and Sunday every week, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I was able to maintain that. And for you, that was physically going out into um, the forest, into nature. Does a park count? Um, yes, yes. Everything counts. Yep. I mean, you know, we don't think about it this way, but um, stone is part of Gaia. So standing bare feet on concrete, even though it's man-made stone, it's still just stone. Oh, that's true. It is man-made stone, but it's still stone. So if you're using that as part of your connection point, she'll accept that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I water my garden every morning and I always stand barefoot in the grass when I water it purposefully for grounding and connection. I'm setting intentions while I'm watering and just being connected. Um, but I never stand on the stone. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I got to be on the grass. But I'm, that's true. I didn't realize that. Um, I, I love that. You know, there's, there's bacteria, there's moss is probably trying to grow there and, and the sun comes around and, and beats it up a little bit and mm-hmm. you get some shade and a little bit of uh, mist from the bay comes in and kind of helps the moss try to grow again. Like, you know, there's life on the stone too. So you can be connected to life when you're standing on stone, when you're standing on concrete, even pavement. It's, it's different because you make it different. Oh, I love that. I love that for any of any of us who have a perfectionist mindset where it's like, okay, we need to be in the forest or it doesn't count. This is such a good, um, (laughs) just thing to remember. Yeah. So that was ritual number one. Um, and, and once I had that turned into something that I knew that I could consistently keep going forward and I've been doing this over 20 years at this point, um, I looked for a ritual number two, um, ritual number two was a daily meditation. I still am not great at meditating. Still, today, I've been doing it for 20 years, I'm still not great at it. But again, every single relationship requires something from you, you must put into the relationship. So part of what I pay into my relationship with Gaia is intentional physical connection and intentional mental connection. I'm paying in. I'm not even asking for something to get come back from that. I, I do expect that she will also pay into our relationship, right? That's what a relationship is. We both pay in, we both benefit. Mm-hmm. But I'm doing my part and that's my focus right now, right? Yeah. I do the same thing with my wife. I focus on paying into the relationship. I expect that she also will. I don't care if we're both evenly paying in. I don't care. That's not what's important to me. What's important to me is that I pay in and I expect that she will as well. And thus I will benefit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's huge. I want everyone to like rewind 15 seconds and listen to that again. 
It's so important. I think that we forget that so many of my clients struggle with this. They're like, oh, I I really want to be more connected to my intuition. I really want to be more connected to my inner knowing. Like, I want to be able to trust myself. I want to be able to trust my gut. I want to, you know, receive confirmation from source. But when you're not actually paying into that relationship, like that, that's super key. And I didn't realize that aspect of it, that you're right. In order for a habit to be formed or relationship to be made, we have to pay into it. There has to be a sacrifice. Um, I think we often romanticize our goals and we romanticize everything. So we think that if something is uncomfortable or something like takes effort or sacrifice and it's not worth doing, but that's the exact reason why it's worth doing. That's why. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. We are a bunch of wussy sometimes. We have to stop romanticizing everything. I mean, yes, like life is amazing and we want to have fun, but gosh, like these things take effort and your efforts will be rewarded. And like saying, you know, human relationships, same exact thing. Marriage, (laughs) marriage is hard. (laughs) You got to work at it. Um, And never stop. Yeah. Yeah. And not expect anything in return. I really like how you brought that up too, because um, when I first started really getting meditating and being like, okay, I can plug in and I can receive guidance. There is infinite wisdom within me. Um, I don't have to rely on cookie cutter things. I don't have to rely on someone else telling me what to do all the time. I can actually trust my own intuition to make the best decision for myself. So like when I was getting into that atmosphere, I would meditate expecting a response, expecting a download, and then being a little bit frustrated at not getting anything. Um, so I had to do like a self check in and be like, why are you meditating? Like, why do you expect something? And me, I always do things for my ego. I mean, probably all of us do. And yeah, for me, it was like, oh, like my ego really wants a download. My ego really wants this connection to source because if I have this connection, then I'm, I'm better. <laughs> like I'm more connected. Um, and then when I realized that I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> not my highest self, <laughs> let that go. <laughs> what would my highest self do? And then that's actually what helped me develop a more consistent meditation routine is no longer expecting anything from it and um, doing it because I wanted to connect to myself. Yeah. I mean, we're all familiar with the phrase, the journey is the destination. Oh my God. I literally just said that on last week's show. (laughs) The journey is the destination. The The goal I love is we have arrived when arrival is no longer the goal. That's right. 100%. So if you look at that from what we're talking about right now, where we pay into the relationship, it is the relationship that is the destination. That's what we're looking to build. Mm. We're not not looking for a thing back. We're We're not investing. And that's why I don't say you invest. We're not investing in the relationship because then you expect a return. Gotcha. The relationship is the return. The journey is the destination. We pay in because what we want is that relationship. And this is how you do it. You pay in. I love that. Oh my gosh. So good. So good. We're on the same wavelengths. I literally just said that like a couple days ago. <laughs> um, so um, what do you have a number three? Number one uh, was movement and being in nature, physically connecting. Number two is meditating. Yeah. Mentally connecting. Mentally. And number three, I go, I go for a retreat. And to me, it's very literally that I retreat from civilization. I go spend time out in nature um, occasionally, at least once a year. 
sometimes more when I can. Um, and, and I spend time actually with her in a retreat. Gotcha. I love that. I like to um, split things up into mind, body, and heart um, mm-hmm. for like the pillars of being your highest self. And um, that actually like flows in perfectly. Mind is mentally connecting, meditating, body is physically connecting, and then heart is emotionally connecting. So however that emotional connection looks for, for you. Um, super cool. So when did the triple goddess and your um lucas has this amazing we won't go into all of it because it could take like four hours but (laughs) literally um you have this amazing i mean i don't even know it's it's not a theory what would you call it how would you describe it um you could call it a theorem (laughs) yeah yeah and he's um, shared it with us inside our mastermind and, you know, him and I have connected on it outside of our mastermind calls. Um, we wanted to bring a portion of it to you guys today. And the portion of it to you that we're going to bring is something called the triple goddess. And the reason why we wanted to bring it to you specifically for this community is because we're all here on our journey to our highest self. And oftentimes through that journey, we're, 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 um, like escaping from one part of where we're at in life, thinking that when we get to this next part, then we're going to feel better, be better, do better. And um, when you hear this triple goddess that Lucas is going to explain to us, I think we're going to start to make some connection that um, where we are right now is perfect. And we can actually transition through um, many phases of our lives without having to escape or burn down what, where we've been and what we've created. And for those of us who have this black and white mentality, I know a lot of the women that listen to the show, we're over, we're very ambitious. I don't want to say over ambitious because it's not a thing, but we're ambitious. We're driven. We got goals. We want to be our best self. We um, can also suffer from perfectionism and self-doubt because we have this fear of like not reaching our potential. So Oftentimes what happens is that we want to cut off the part of us that we don't like so that we can get to the next better portion. So this triple goddess, when Lucas um, told it to me, I was like, in, in the also in the concept of um, the competition space world, it was so eye-opening and it's powerful because we have this ability as, as females to be, would you say, Lucas, that we can be more connected to the divine feminine or, or not, you think so? Sure, yeah. Um, anyways, it's our superpower. And he's gonna teach us how we can utilize it for our self-growth and to step into more of who we are and become more of our highest selves, but from a holistic standpoint versus like resistance or fear or trying to move away from something. So. Let's get into it. Yeah. So the, when, I, when we talk about the triple goddess, um, what we mean is um, at the three faces, not phases, faces, faces. Of, 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 of the goddess of womanhood. Gotcha. Um, and those three faces are very simply maiden, mother, and matron. So faces, F-A-C-E-S, not phases of womanhood, but just the different faces that we can put on. That's right. Maiden, mother, and matron. Now, um, the simple description of these three faces, maiden is um, prior to having children. It's it's, uh, fun-loving, energetic, um, free, uninhibited. 
right? Mm -hmm. Mother is someone who has expressed from themselves giving life and bringing life into the world and nurturing that life through, uh, through themselves and through their interaction with the world, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be your own children. You can very much be giving life outside of your nuclear family. You mm -hmm. can be a mother without having your own children, or you can be a mother to other life. Mm -hmm. And then there's the matron. Matron is my favorite, honestly. The matron is where you have chosen to start to express that giving, nurturing through knowledge and skills and the spread of your internal wisdom. So the triple goddess, the maiden, the mother, and the matron, we can also call her the crone, which not everyone likes that name, or the wise woman. Um, this is like the... Um, when I read about this in a book, they called it like the, like the journey hood for, for the journey for our womanhood. Um, and when you, you can do like a circle and travel through all three and kind of activate all three and reunite with all three within yourself, it's your own energetic connection basically is what we're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's and it's an expression. Yes. And it's, it's an energetic connection and it's an expression. So uh, what I want everyone to understand, that's kind of why we preface this with um, talking about divine feminine and a connection to, to Gaia and to Mother Earth. Whether you believe it or not, or whether you've experienced it or not, you do have this connection already. It's, um, and if you want to build that connection and foster it more, those are the rituals that we talked about. Um, and when you kind of, not when you get there, but when you've, when you decided that you want this to be a part of your life it is life changing to sort of surrender to oh my god okay there is something bigger than me there is this energetic connection that i am a part of and i can tap into um so we're now with this three faces um how can we utilize them um or not utilize them but how can we integrate that into our lives yeah integration is a perfect word mm-hmm this energetically speaking, these each each of these three faces is available to all women all the time. All women all the time. It's not just available, but to become a really truly whole person, you have to find a way to integrate mm -hmm. and express through each of these three faces in some way throughout your life all the time. Now, there's aspects of these. Um, you and I, we, we spent quite a bit of time while we were prepping for this. We spent quite a bit of time talking about the warrior maiden, which is an aspect of maidenhood. Mm -hmm. I love the warrior maiden. I very much, I'm, I married a warrior maiden. <laughs> <laughs> I love the warrior maiden because um, one of the most valuable things that Gaia has helped me to see Mm -hmm. is that there's no difference between men and women. Mm -hmm. There's no difference between us. Um, if you think about uh, how we interact with nature, the way that we interact with nature is through skills mm -hmm. and tools. Skills and tools. Now, tell me, is there any difference in the hand that holds the tool? This isn't a fist. This is a holding of a tool. No, we all have thumbs and fingers. 
We all have thumbs and fingers. Every one of us can hold a tool. Mm -hmm. Every one of us can manipulate a tool. Every one of us can build the skill in holding, manipulating, utilizing any, any tool. And um, because there's no difference in the hand holding the tool, what that means is that in our expression and in our integration of the energies around us and being a part of our community, we get to have what's called mutability. We get to have a team where everybody is capable of playing every single role. Mm. Everybody. And that means that it can be women who hunt or it can be men who hunt or most likely it's both women and men who are hunting together as a team. And that's the expression of the warrior maiden. And it's the reason that I'm really excited by watching people engage with the holistic three faces of womanhood all at the same time and really understanding that there are expressions of these, the warrior maiden, the, the, like, think about the mother bear. Mm -hmm. Like what's the most dangerous animal in the world? It's the mother bear. Like, do not get between her and her cubs. That's when you're going to get torn up. Like the, the, the powerful woman in nature as humanity or as any non-human animal, the powerful woman in nature is the one who engages with all of her aspects. And so the warrior maiden, um, and, and you told me much of your audience is weightlifters. These are women that are deeply engaged with their warrior maiden, which is awesome. I love that. Do it more. Mm -hmm. um, but do it holistically. Know that it's an aspect of your maidenhood. It could be an aspect of your mother bear, right? It could be an aspect of your motherhood. Um, it could be an aspect of your matron, right? You're protecting your tribe mm -hmm. by, by utilizing these skills that you've spent your entire life mastering. Mm -hmm. um, and then accept that it's a piece of every, every single woman, that warrior maiden, that warrior mother, it's a piece of every single woman. And while you're engaged with that energy, you're not masculine. Mm -hmm. You're not too muscular. Mm -hmm. You're deeply connecting with a healthy part of your womanhood. Ah, that's the key right there. It's that it's the healthy female feminine energy. And it's also the healthy masculine energy. But I like how you said that you're not being too masculine. Um, I think for a lot of those of us who were, um, I think like really chasing external goals, external achievements. I think when we did that, we did that from our warrior maiden mm -hmm. and, um, being, and that's what they do, right? right. The warrior maiden faces an external goal. She's hunting a stag, right? Exactly. That is very much an external goal. Exactly. Now, so would you say, though, that when you don't know how to sort of transition and, and uh, go into the next, like, say you're in your warrior maiden all the time, and this is like your natural way of being, and yet you crave to be in the mother phase or the matron phase, because say you want to bring something new into the world, you want to uh, create a new business, you want to create content, you want to create a YouTube channel, but the warrior maiden aspect of you sort of sabotages you in a way. 
Um, would you say that is true? Like being, or not that is true, but one of the key aspects of integrating this is to be able to move into the different phase when you need to. Yeah. To be fluid. Yes. To be fluid. I love that. That's a great way to put it. Um, when you told me that, <laughs> I was like, oh, I feel like I, I just had permission. I was like, oh my God, I can move back into warrior maiden whenever I need to, when it serves me. It's, it's not a part of me that gets turned off. And I think this is where a lot of people struggle too, is like we struggle to rest because we think that if we take some time off or we nurture, we self-care, then we're going to lose our ambitious part of ourselves. Hmm. I can see that. Um, but you don't. It's there. It's there to serve you. And it's there to help you serve the world, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. your community, your family, your tribe. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. And I think a lot of people need to hear that because when we talk about worthiness, rest is the number one thing. It's like, well, I don't feel worthy of rest. I didn't earn my rest. I didn't do enough to earn this rest. And if I do rest, then it means that I'm selfish or I'm unproductive, um, which is just not true. It's just not true. I mean, (laughs) you've said this and they've all heard you say this, but you cannot be at maximum productivity unless you rest. You, You must rest in order to serve your capacity in order to serve your productivity. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, I love that. Okay. So mother, um, can you explain to us mother then? Um, so would you say mother is, I think what you had told me was not only nurturing children, but like clients, like being a coach, nurturing businesses. Yeah. So mother is, is very literally engaging with the, the aspect of creation, right? And men have this too right? We, men and women are partners in creation. So men have this too, but we're here today to talk about, talk about the women. Mm-hmm. So it's engaging with the aspect of creation. And that could be creating, you, you made some great points. It could be creating content. It could be building a business, right? This is, this is true mm-hmm. creation. Um, it could also be creating new life in terms of planting your garden or, um, you know, making sure that the fruit trees and and your your vegetable garden thrive and help you to be healthy and bring life into your into your uh, aspect of the world i love that it's just engaging in creation but but do it just like you do with any other relationship pay into it mm-hmm. pay into it with intention and attention mm-hmm. i like that intention and attention Um, and then what about the wise woman, the matron? So this is taking your internal wisdom, your mastery, right? And, and everybody at every age has mastered something. So this is taking your internal wisdom and your mastery and bringing that to world. It's not creation because the creation has already happened with the things that you are masters of, right? This is bringing, bringing your mastery to the world and sharing it sharing your mastery right and that's the matron the matron's job is to make sure that the skills of humanity are passed on Mm -hmm. and so at 20 your mastery might be this big Mm -hmm. but you can still engage with your internal matron and bring this little bit of mastery to the world and at 30 your mastery might be this big and at 40 it's this big at some point your mastery becomes wide enough that you have to choose to be focused. At 20, maybe you don't have to choose to be focused because you only got this much mastery. 
but you still have it and you can still engage with your matron and bring that mastery to the world. Make sure that the skills of humanity are passed on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. So why do you think that um, women um, have historically maybe have had a hard time tapping in, tuning in, embodying and integrating the triple goddess? How much time do we want to spend on this? <laughs> um, truly, no conspiracy theory at all here. Um, your connection with the divine feminine uh, was sabotaged um, 2,500 years ago. And there has been a consistent campaign to keep your connection with the divine feminine separate mm-hmm. since then. And it's been intentional. Um, it's, it's not so much to say that society today continues to intentionally apply that sabotage. Society today um, uh, inherited it, mm-hmm. but it was created intentionally, very intentionally. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, um, but I do see it. I see it today in everything that we do. Um, and it's not just your connection to the divine feminine. It's my connection to the divine feminine. Men have also had their connection to the divine feminine sabotaged. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is why it's challenging. It's been sabotaged. It's societal. Um, It was built into our societal memory. It's something that we download when we are infants. We download, by the way, we download society. (laughs) In case you didn't know that. (laughs) We download the society that we're raised in. Download it as, as base information, as our operating system. And if you don't know that you need to change that, it's going to stay there throughout your entire life. Mm-hmm. So um, interestingly, whether you know it or not, you personally, you, Shanae, you were raised as sexist against feminine. Yeah. So was I. I didn't even know it. I had no idea. I didn't know it until Gaia told me. <laughs> I was like, what? I'm not sexist. What do you mean? I'm not sexist. I don't, I don't think less of women. It's not women. And it's the divine feminine. I had been, even in my relationship with Gaia herself, it was external only. Gotcha. Thanks so much. Yeah. And she said, you have to invite me in. I didn't even know what that meant. (laughs) What? She said, you have to invite me in. What she said. I I didn't even know what it meant. I didn't know how to interpret that. It took me, no joke, it took me a year and a half to understand that message. And it was clear as day. It was as clear to me then as it is me saying it to you now, and I didn't understand it. Oh, wow. I didn't know how to integrate that message. Yeah, yeah. I even feel a resistance to it. Like, what do you mean? Um, But I can kind of, I can... Yeah, for me, it's like, well, how I am. But I think it's that layer deeper of surrendering and being in full, like, and this is actually a a part of my journey that I'm actively still embracing. It was only last September that I realized that my connection to the divine feminine was zero, absolute zero. And that um, I had a Dr. Brett tell me there's been a rise of the female, um, of the female 
female leaders, female bosses, lots of women in business, but there has been a decline in the rise of feminine energy. He was, because I was operating from my masculine and building my business and coaching my clients. Um, and also just with myself, just everything was from the wounded masculine really. And, um, learning to be in that's this. Not, feminine. That's not a good energy. No. <laughs> I have a little graph here. I was going to read to everyone. Like the wounded masculine is avoidance, unsupportive control, competitive dominance, aggression, confrontational, abusive power. <laughs> um, and that's, uh, that's really where I, I was a lot of, um, I was unsupportive to myself. I was unsupportive to my husband. I was in complete competitiveness with not only myself, but the world. Um, I feel a little bit shy sharing this, but I struggled so much last year with people copying me. And I would take it so personal if someone copied me. And, I'm, and it was got to a point where it actually stunted my growth because I stopped producing content because I was so concerned about someone's copying or stealing. And, and that was my wounded masculine, building a business from my ego and, and having to be competitive and in control. Um, that was like a good solid six months where I had to just do work, deep work, like why are you so obsessed with people copying you? Take a chill pill, Shanae. Like my therapist even like, she's spiritual and she'd say stuff like, the message is not even yours to share. It comes through you. You're just a conduit. And she like tried so hard to get me to see, but I, I wasn't willing to see. Um, my wounded masculine was so strong. Um, so, I mean, I'm relatively new to me too, um, being in connection with my divine feminine, but I've noticed that ever since I have, I mean, it feels cliche to say things are easier, but they are. I don't, I'm trying to think of like, what is easier? And I think it's, it's more so like, I'm easier. I'm softer. I'm not so difficult with myself. Like I'm not in a constant um, battle in my head of overthinking, overanalyzing. Am I saying the right thing? Am I saying the wrong thing? Am I saying too much? Should I say this? Should I say that? Over editing myself, especially when it comes to sharing my, my message and my mission on social, um, those type of things. So ever since I've been able to connect to Gaia, connect to source spirit, um, it has been gosh, just more grounding. I think I've realized there's been a lot of ways where I was overcompensating, um, for myself, just low self-esteem and, um, having that connection has made me like myself more, which sounds weird, but <laughs> I like you. Thanks. <laughs> um, so I love that. Um, and that's why we wanted to share that with you all here today, because this is such an integral part of becoming your highest self is, is recognizing what is my connection to spirit or source and God, you know, for whatever you believe in. It's, I, I think it's all the same. It's all, it's all the same thing. Um, other people might disagree with me, but if you're here, we like spirituality. Um, but yeah, when you foster that connection, um, what becomes available to you, I think is the really beautiful way to look at it. Like what becomes available, what more can you have access to within yourself? And so that's why it is really important. And I like how Lucas shared the triple goddess and 
that these are faces and that you have access to all three all the time. Um, and Lucas, you had said something to me last week. I'll read your quote. You said that some people need to take action on this right away because they're resisting it. Um, can you explain that a little bit? Because I think someone probably is resisting it and they don't realize they are. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> um, yeah, I feel that. <laughs> I, I feel that some people are resisting this. Mm -hmm. uh, we know that life is change. And change in itself is not necessarily positive. I mean, we, we're the ones that actually create that label positive, negative. Um, life and death exist together, and, and they're actually partners. Life and death are partners in creation. Mm -hmm. um, and in order for us to not become stagnant, um, in order for us to not invite a lifeless state, inside of ourselves we need to embrace constant constant change and part of that is change in our body so sometimes you're moving and sometimes you're not moving and then sometimes you're moving again and sometimes you're not moving mm -hmm. part of that is change in our perception of the world right and that perception is very cerebral and, and i like to talk about it in terms of your headspace perception of the people around you, perception of yourself, the way you think, the way you narrate the movie of your life. Um, we need to change it. We need to change the narration. We need to change the story. Um, we need to allow for that narration to have light. And we need to allow for that narration to have darkness. Remember, um, death and life partner in creation in life right so we need to invite into ourselves the light and the darkness together um, and then it comes into your heart and the expression of your feelings your emotions the expression of change that comes from your gut that comes from your center mm. emotions are not distractions. They're not something that um, is intended to be shunted off. Emotions are intended to play a role in the narration of your movie. Mm. Keep going with that. If you're inviting in the darkness and the light, mm -hmm. you still have a black and white. Emotions are the color. <gasps> That makes a lot of sense. I like that. Yeah, that's real good. <laughs> that's a quote. That's a quote. I had to sit with that for a second. Um, if your life is black and white, then your emotions are the color. That makes so much sense. So many of us suppress our emotions. Um, you know, for my clients, what something that we all just realized last week was um, many of us have been conditioned to believe that expressing your feelings is complaining. Hmm. Imagine that. Right. And so you just suppress. And you don't say anything. And you try to keep the peace. You try to keep the quiet. And, um, and then that's, that's where we, and 
to take that even a step further, that's where um, disordered eating patterns develop, not being able to express your feelings, not being able to meet this emotional or physical need. So then we, we overcompensate by, by binge eating, overeating, um, emotional eating, overexercising, um, buffering on all levels, social media, drugs, sex, alcohol, um, because we don't know how to be with our feelings and to sit with them and to express them. Um, so that's a tangent, but I think that's really beautiful. Um, so say someone is like, okay, like I definitely feel that. I feel like my my narration is not like where it is. I can definitely feel that there's something needs to change, but I'm not sure in which direction to go. How do I know if I'm maybe in the, um, say the mother, and I, and I really want to um, get out of this creation phase of always thinking of these ideas, but never really putting in anything into action. Um, do you have any kind of advice for that person? A little bit. Yes. I'm not an expert in this, but we can talk about it. Okay. <laughs> um, first, uh, I would try to connect with all three faces of womanhood. Connect mm -hmm. with all three. Um, because, like I said, even 20-year-olds, they have mastery that they can bring out as a matron. Gotcha. So start by connecting with all three of your faces. I love that. Should I go? Okay, so um, it just came to me. The way that we can do this as women is by embracing our monthly menstrual cycle. So your menstrual cycle is also the triple goddesses um, within that month. So the um, now I forget like which one is which, but I think it's the follicular phase that's right after um, it's the very beginning of the cycle. That's when your hormones are at the very lowest, they're starting to rise. That's actually the the spring of um, of us, which the spring is also the warrior maiden. And then we move into the summer, which is creation, that's mother. And then we move into fall, which is um they they say that it's the um the the wise woman and then the winter is the crone um mm. but so embracing and so because like as women we have a menstrual cycle our hormones also oscillate every, you know <laughs> literally every day um when we can learn to um cycle sync so sync our life to our cycle then we're able to connect with the triple goddess in a, in a monthly theme and noticing in yourself like, okay, when I'm in my spring, like, wow, like I'm planting seeds, things aren't actually coming to creation yet, but I'm thinking of ideas, I'm inspired. And the summer phase, that's when I'm emboldened to take action. I'm launching the program, I'm doing the thing, I'm putting things out there, I'm saying yes to interviews and calls and I'm, I'm using my voice. And then in the fall is when we start to slow it down a little bit and we're like, and physically, we also get kind of tired. We physically, like our, our energy dips, our hormones are starting to go down and um, all that is happening. So learning to embrace that. And then when you get into the menstrual phase, which is the winter, taking a step back, retreating, like you had said, relaxing, allowing yourself to just be during that phase, our right and our left brain hemispheres can actually communicate with each other much better because are both our progesterone and our estrogen are at the lowest levels. So um, that's pretty awesome. Um, I've talked about this on Instagram stories all the time, but when we can um, give ourselves that permission to cycle sync, to, to sync with our cycle, to rest when our bodies are craving rest, um, that is exactly what you said about 
tapping into all three of those phases. Now let's open it up a little bit. Cool. First, I'd like to point out, and most people have no idea that this is true, but men actually also have hormonal cycles. Don't you guys have it like on a day-to-day -day basis versus monthly? All humans have a daily hormonal cycle. Uh, men have a longer hormonal cycle than just daily. So women as well. Women have a daily hormonal cycle as well. Um, men have a longer hormonal cycle than just daily, but it is also not monthly. I, um, I, the last I heard, I think that it's like a four-day hormonal cycle. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not 30 days, but I think men have like a four-day hormonal cycle. And that kind of sits with me in terms of my experience of my own body. It's like I have a four-day hormonal cycle. Um, and when I, when I work with that and cycle sync, yeah. when I cycle sync with my four day hormonal cycle, it actually works really well for me. Same. I produce much better content. I'm more in touch with like source. I'm just more grounded. I do better work. I'm more excited. Yep. Now opening it up a little more to, to be perfectly fair to your entire audience. Mm -hmm. Um, there are times in our life where we don't have a cycle. Yes. And this is okay. In fact, this is 100% natural. Mm. The maiden, not the warrior maiden, the maiden, she has her period, right? You don't, you, you know, children are just children, whether they're going to be a woman or a man in the future, children are just children. And it's not until you're 10, 11, 12 that you stop being just a child and start becoming a, a, um, a piece of this human bisexual society, right? Mm -hmm. um, the maiden, she has a period. Mm -hmm. The warrior maiden does not necessarily have a period. And this is okay. Yeah, yeah. This is okay. Um, I wouldn't recommend that you pursue this, but if you're in this state, it's not unhealthy. It is not unhealthy. You're expressing this, this deep, powerful part of this maiden. You're expressing this to its fullest. Mm -hmm. You're that hunter. You're the one who's going out and bringing the stag home and making sure that your tribe has food. That's not a bad thing. Again, I wouldn't recommend that you pursue it, but when you're there and for your audience who is there, this is healthy. Mm -hmm. You can move into motherhood and go back into warrior maiden after you've had children. Mm -hmm. so in a very real sense, and again, there are other ways, maybe better ways to do this. In a very real sense, you women, you're, you're, you're phenomenal. You women can choose to not be fertile. Yeah. And you can then choose at some point to be fertile again. You can choose that. It's amazing. Isn't that weird? Amazing. <laughs> I am so filled with awe. <laughs> Don't I, we love him? <laughs> we need like a Lucas recording. Women are phenomenal. <laughs> women are phenomenal. I don't know of any way for men to choose to or not to be fertile, but you women, you can choose to be fertile and then you can choose to not be fertile and then you can choose to be fertile again. Like you can choose this. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal. And I want everyone to really kind of take that to heart because I think because of the society that we live in, we've been um, conditioned to be um, 
embarrassed about our periods, embarrassed about our bodies, to not talk about what happens on a monthly cycle. And my, my parents didn't talk to me about this at all. And so as an adult, I've had to really figure this out. And when I learned to embrace it, I learned to embrace more of me. And what happens when we embrace more of ourselves is unconditional self-love. That's being able to live out your purpose, do what your dreams are, achieve your goals, because you're no longer fighting who you are. You're, you're accepting of who you are right now. And um, I think embracing our period and, and also embracing this connection to source and embracing the triple goddess is another facet of unconditional self-love fully accepting in who we are. Um, it's kind of like we just turned the lights on. Now you can see there's this other aspect to you. Do you choose to go and integrate that into your life or not? Well said. Your yeah. audience is lucky to have you. So, <laughs> so yeah, um, and connecting with that energy and connecting with where you're choosing to express yourself through that energy is, is very important. But also to remember that it's holistic that every single woman has access to all facets, all faces of the triple goddess of motherhood, mm -hmm. of womanhood, of maidenhood, of matron. Mm -hmm. You all have something that you're a master of. You can bring it out as you're in your matron side and share it to the world. You all are capable of creation at all times, even if you're not having children. And you can bring that creation to world. All you have to do is choose to engage with that facet of womanhood. Mm -hmm. I love that. Pay into your relationship with that. Boom. I think that's like the biggest part of this whole episode is we have to pay into it. We have to pay into it. It's not just something that happens. It's, it's going to be effort, um, but it's effort that's worth it. Just as doing our own inner work, committing to our journaling, committing to moving our bodies, keeping those promises to ourselves. Like this is just another promise that we get to keep to ourselves that elevates us and pushes us more to our highest self. Yeah. And, and, and also look at every piece of that expression as the blessing that it truly is. I love when that. you're having your period, when you're, when you're, when you're in your flow, it's a blessing. Mm -hmm. This is, this is Gaia speaking to you saying you are wonderful. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> I love that. That's so cool. Um, I'm going to remember more of that too. And it's definitely something that I brought into my personal life. Um, probably now for four or five months. Yeah. Very, very beginning of this year when I was like, okay, when I'm on my period, I am. I have my no-should day where I literally log off. I don't do anything. I have a full day. Um, one of this this girl I follow who's a period coach, she calls it the big bleed or something like that. But I just take a full day off, and I and I intentionally use that time to connect and to um, I do like womb healing meditations. I do um, a breath work session. I like really intentionally carve that day out to just be with myself. It's really cool. Um, and in the beginning, it was a little bit not awkward, but I tell my husband, like, he's like, oh, we, what are we doing today? And I was like, today is my day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't ask me to do anything. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm going to be in my office. <laughs> I'm going to meditate. Yeah. I'm going to take a bath. And um, it, in the beginning, I felt a little bit shy about sharing that with him, being like, this is the day where I'm going to. Um, connect with source and be with myself. Um, but he's so accepting of me and everything that I do that he was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Amazing. Have a great time. Can I do anything for you? 
<laughs> but I mean, historically, I think I've always been so afraid and so ashamed of it. Um, so I think that's really cool that as women, that when we do embrace that, it helps us connect deeper to our divine feminine. Now, here's a question for you, because you've been through this. Yeah. How will you help your clients? And I, I don't know the answer to this. I have no idea. How will you help your clients who are in the warrior maiden who don't have a monthly flow? How will you help them engage with that? Yes. Great question. So, um, you know, and this is for me too, cause I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is in the past, I was of the mindset that you have to have your period. Like, you know, as, as human beings, the polarity, we swing from one extreme to the other. It's like this big pendulum. So I went from not having one to then thinking like, we all have to have one. If you don't have one, it's really, really, really bad. Like you get off birth control, get off all your medications. Like, you know, let's change your diet so that it'll come back. But even you sharing that it's okay not to have it. I think that's probably sometimes also energetically. It's okay to be in your warrior maiden for a long period of time. Maybe you physically do get your period, but energetically, you're in warrior maiden. You don't go to mother or to, to matron on a month to month basis. That whole month, you're just hustling, you're grinding, you're doing things. That's cool. Um, so I think it's more so from an energetic standpoint rather than a physical for my clients who are in warrior maiden and they wish to move to mother or they wish to move to crone. I think a way that I can help facilitate or just help them integrate is to probably tap into the fears what is your fear behind not wanting to move out of warrior maiden? What are you fearing that you're going to lose? Is it the fear of if you express yourself, are you going to be misunderstood? Is it the fear of if you create something and no one purchases or no one follows you, is it that fear of not being accepted? So I think that the fears are what hold us back from transitioning to a different face that we know we want to be into. So I think there's two ways, the two sides of it are, are you in warrior maiden and that's serving you and you're it's exactly where you need to be great stay there for as long as you need to are you yeah. in warrior maiden and it's not serving you and for you to elevate your life or your business to that next stage we have to move to a different phase then i think it's about finding the root it's always about finding the root what is the fear what is the core wound that is keeping you from integrating that and then um just uncovering that and healing those limiting beliefs, figuring out what those thoughts are so that we can unlearn them and then um, accept and integrate new beliefs into our lives and give ourselves permission to move into it. Because um, very much that was what it was for me is I had to heal and I had to, um, it was a lot of healing of, and accepting and integrating and gosh, I mean, it's been, I don't know, nine months. It's like having a baby. Um, finally, I'm at this stage where, you know, the last two weeks, I took two weeks off. And um, a year ago, that would have been unfathomable. It, it literally would have been unfathomable for me to tell my clients, hey, peace out. I'm going to be gone. Support each other. I'll be back. So That's much. so cool. Yeah. So much of my self-worth wasn't, wasn't work and doing and doing and doing. And I know for many of us, that's where a lot of our self-worth is or how we look or what we do. And so anyways... That's a long-winded answer, but that's that's what I will be doing. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that answer. 
Cool. Um, this has been amazing. It's kind of funny how fast time goes by. Usually I, I don't go for over an hour. Um, <laughs> um, but was there anything else, Lucas, um, that you wanted to share or leave the audience with um, before we wrap up today? Yes. Um, we know we can go back and forth between warrior maiden and mother. Mm -hmm. And also do it with the matron. Okay. Which means that um, your, your women, your, your audience who are, who are engaging with their warrior maiden, they're in the process of really executing and driving things forward. Mm -hmm. You can still take time to nurture your community. And that's what mother, uh, matronhood is, is nurturing the community. You can take time to nurture the community by bringing your mastery, bringing your wisdom to the world. And again, everybody has some. Even if it's small because you're young and you haven't built it yet, everybody has some. And by moving into that nurturing, you haven't given away your capacity to execute. Again, the, the faces are always there. Mm -hmm. Think about this from, I mean, truly biologically, the, the perspective of getting pregnant and giving birth. Mm -hmm. Like you start out fertile. Mm -hmm. um, you partner with somebody, partnership, to create new life. While you're in the process of incubating that new life, of, of helping to nurture that new life into something that can survive, mm -hmm. you're not fertile. No. You, you don't get your monthly flow. Mm -hmm. Nobody looks at this and says, that's wrong. Why aren't you getting your monthly flow? It's 100% natural. Mm -hmm. So in the process of being a mother, you've given up your monthly flow. You've given up that cycle in order to gain something better, in order to create new life and fan that new life into existence today, right? You're in the process of building and creating through partnership, building and creating something that's a piece of you, but better and more. Then you give birth. Mm -hmm. When are you, as a human, when are you the most fertile in your life? Isn't it after you give birth? One month after you give birth, right then. That is so interesting. Isn't that cool? So what's interesting is you're right then, just that process, we've described one person, or actually it's a partnership, right? Because we don't create life on our own. Mm -hmm. All creation requires at least a partnership. What we've described is one partnership that has that has engaged with the entire phase, the full three phases of motherhood right there. You've, you've been fertile. Mm -hmm. You're growing something and bringing it to world, making the world better by bringing a piece of yourself out. And that's motherhood, but that's also matron. Mm -hmm. Bringing a piece of yourself out. And then as soon as you're done with that process, you're directly back into maidenhood and ready for the next. <laughs> oh my gosh. I never realized that. And that's a whole like 10, 11 month process. Yeah. Probably even a year. And I wonder if maybe that's where like our calendar year came from. Maybe kind of some something similar of that yeah so interesting that's so cool thank you so much um it's amazing to me how you know about all this i want to ask 
is this a book you read? Is this someone you've learned from? Or is this your connection to Gaia? Um, I mean, honestly, it's some combination of all three. Um, but it's my connection to Gaia that drove it forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is a question I was going to ask you in the very beginning. Like, did was this a download? Like, when did this come to you? Um, yeah, it was a download. <laughs> Um, she, uh, she's actually given me a couple of downloads in my life and, and each time it strikes me like a bolt of lightning. It's, it's one of the most incredible things ever. Like you've heard me talk about the difference between intuition and inspiration. Uh When I get the downloads, I call that inspiration. It's, it's striking. It is, um, irrefutably powerful. And it happens from somewhere else other than my own creation, my own connections. Mm-hmm. It comes to me. Yeah, yeah. I love inspiration. It doesn't happen to me very often. Maybe it happens to other people often, but it doesn't happen to me very often. It doesn't happen to me very often, too. It's actually only happened once where it was, like, very strong. And I was like, whoa, what was that? That was amazing. Um, and I had always been like jealous of everyone who got downloads, um, <laughs> but it was during my, it was actually during my Reiki certification process, we get oh. attuned. And so I'm in a meditative state being attuned. And when I was getting attuned is when I got my first download. And it was just this visceral feeling. It's so hard to put into words, but it, it literally does feel like a download. It's a visceral feeling. And instantly I was hit with this feeling of like, it's going to be okay it's going to be okay. And for me, that's really, really powerful because I've spent the last decade being in survival mode. The last Mm -hmm. decade has been warrior maiden for me doing like when I got kicked out of high school, like putting myself through school, building a business, um, surviving an abusive relationship, like all of that was my warrior maiden. And also probably my mother, um, nurturing myself through all of it. So Mm -hmm. to get that download of everything is going to be okay. Like finally I was able to sort of like relax and just be like, all right, like I can surrender to a higher power. I don't have to do this all by myself. And then the vision that I got was um, inner child healing. And, oh, cool. Yeah. And my Reiki master, she had a vision of me as a, she saw a little girl like sleeping and then waking up in the like, <sighs> like from a nap. Um, and she was like, oh, there you are. You've, you've, you're here. Welcome back. Um, and powerfully enough, inner child healing is 95% of what I do with my clients, like 95%. And, um, I'm a natural mother too. That's who I am. It's just, I, I want five kids. I want all of them. <laughs> I want a lot of them, which is probably why I, I, have, now. <laughs> why I have so many animals. Yeah. Um, so, so interesting. Um, so yeah, it was a download. Um, let me tell you about the download. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. You know the Sphinx's riddle. What goes up the hill on four legs, stands at the top on two legs, comes down the hill on three legs, right? So you can just picture the hill with the baby on the one side and the old man with his cane on the other side and, and an adult at the top of the hill, right? We can, we can just picture this. My download was kind of like that, but it was the three faces of womanhood Isn't that cool? And then 
there was there were two other aspects of it and it was the I, there was sort of a cloud over the top and it wasn't like a negative cloud it was it was the cloud of um the of the of source but but one level beyond that it was the cloud of the human contribution to source and our access to what we have contributed to source specifically the human contribution to source and our access to that and so um it was it was not just the women first it was the women and i had to engage with that but then i i could look a little bit deeper and i saw that it was partnership it was a woman and a man in maidenhood and the maiden was connected to source and then it was a woman and a man in motherhood and the mother was connected to source and then it was a woman and a man engaged in the matron in the in the in the grandparent right and the grandmother was connected to source and the source connection grew across the picture so the grandmother had this huge funnel of source connection and the maiden had a, a still connection but a thinner connection and my conclusion coming out of that i know that men can connect to source because i do my conclusion coming out of that was that there's something special about the woman connection to source there's something special about how you can draw down the human contribution to source that's incredible that is such a cool download that amazing that was my download i love that thank you so much for sharing i feel very special um i want to end it there because i, I that's just like such a powerful story um lucas where can we connect with you i know you don't talk about this on social but where can we find you like on social media lucas is a um consultant strategist for very large corporations so when you go check out his instagram you're gonna be like what <laughs> yeah instagram is the best place i'm very active on instagram i'm at luke root l-u-c-r-o-o-t just because that Lucas route was taken. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I'm very active there, so you can connect easily there, or you can find me on my website, lucasroot.com, um, and sign up for my newsletter. You know, Again, I don't talk about this stuff. Um, it, it will pepper in from time to time, but uh, I, still, I still share lots of stuff, and your, your uh, go-getters in your audience will like what they hear. Yes, I'm so excited. So I'll have all the links down in the show notes and we'll definitely have you back for a round two. And if any of you decide to take his rituals and put them into practice and you start to cultivate your relationship with Gaia and you pay into it and you want to share that, post it on social, tag us both so we can see. Um, if you're hugging yeah. a tree, even better. Hug a tree, yes. I'm all about hugging trees. Thank you so much for your time today. I'm so excited um, for everyone to hear this. So you guys, if you liked this episode, make sure you leave a rating and review, post it on social, tag us so we can both see where you're listening in from. Um, thank you all so much for taking the time to invest in your mind and doing it with us today. We are so appreciative. We know that you can listen to any podcast, so we're really excited that you chose to listen to this one. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I'll see you guys next week, same time, same place. Don't forget to be your highest self. Bye for now. Thank you, Shanae.